0: That's what he does, he changes everything, that's how Jesus we come if we weren't to come for you Jesus His presence is here His power is here Holy Spirit wants to do something right now. And I love that we're a church and we're a family that come together and we don't want to leave the same. We don't want to go home the same. When we meet with our Saviour Jesus, we want to be changed. We want to be different. We want Holy Spirit to bring fresh revelation to our hearts. So we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen take your seats. Oh, it's so good. This whole morning, every every song, every word that's been spoken, the giving, communion, everything is right here in my notes. <laughs> Even what Shelves shared in the, um, the pre-service, it's right here. Holy Spirit wants to do something today. He wants to speak to you today. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go straight into it in Luke. I don't normally do this, just jump straight in. So last week we started um, in Luke, the first story. I should have found where it was before we, here we go. And it was the uh, procession of death collides with the Prince of Life. Is that what it was? How cool was that? This story is a little different today. It's still about Jesus and the supernatural and the things that he did. In Luke, we're going to find he raised someone from the dead, Luke 7. He healed a servant who he didn't even go and see him. It was the, um, the captain of the military and he said, just say the word. Jesus said the word and he was healed. But this story that we're doing today is a little different. It's a little bit more wild. It's a little bit radical. It's quite controversial, actually. And it's a story that would have spread through the whole town. Everyone would have been, did you hear about that? Like these other ones. But this is a little bit different. Some people would have been in amazement. Some people would have been in absolute disgust, really. Does anyone know what story I'm talking about? So verse 36, in your Bible it might say anointed by a sinful woman or anointed by an immoral woman. But in, in this Passion Translation, I love they've changed it, it says extravagant worship. So I want you to lean in, we're going to read this and you might have read this like a hundred times. But Holy Spirit's here and he wants to speak. And he wants to show you something fresh out of this. So afterwards, a Jewish religious leader named Simon, he asked Jesus to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. And when he went to Simon's home, he took his place at the table. In the neighbourhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all to be a prostitute. And when she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house... She took an exquisite flask made from alabaster. She filled it with the most expensive perfume and she went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader. She knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests. Are you picturing this? Broken and weeping. She covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened the flasks and anointed his feet with her costly perfume as an act of worship. When Simon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he really was a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. And then Jesus said, Simon, I have a word for you. Isn't that incredible that Simon never said a word? And Jesus is answering his thoughts. That's supernatural. Simon says, go ahead, teacher. I want to hear it. So he answered, it's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other owed $10,000. So when it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker, Jesus comes up with these crazy, crazy stories, doesn't he? Because as if this would really happen. But he's teaching Simon something. This kind, gracious banker, he wrote off the debts and he forgave them all that they owed. So tell me, Simon, which of the two debtors would be the most thankful? Which one would love the banker the most? Simon answered, well, I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debt forgiven. Jesus said, you're right. Then he spoke to Simon about the woman who was still weeping at his feet, still kissing his feet. Don't you see this woman kneeling here? She's doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash my dusty feet, yet she came into my home, into your home, (laughs) and she washed my feet with her many tears. She dried my feet with her hair, and you didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting, which was just normal in that day. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and my feet with the finest perfume. She is being forgiven of her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven of will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, All your sins are forgiven. All the guests said among themselves, who is this that can even forgive sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. Leave and walk in the ways of peace. So I've got a uh, picture up here. Doing a bit of research about the culture of the day, I think this artist actually portrayed it the best out of all the pictures I saw. Some of them, you're like, oh, really? Okay. But this one, um, so back in that culture, in that day, they didn't have tables like us where you sit under. Because you think, how did she wiggle her way under the chairs and through the table to Jesus' feet like Ivy did at Jonah and Jenna's wedding? She was up under the bridal table, under their feet, as the speeches were going. I was like, "What do I do? Do I?" I just left her, and she came back, and yeah, hopefully no one noticed. <laughs> she might have been anointing. Anyway, um, the back the culture of that day, they usually ate under like a big veranda with archways, or in like a courtyard, or something like that. And if you can see the bars over there, that's actually. People from the village just coming, having a little look. That was just normal culture. People would come and just watch dinner parties. How interesting is that? So the host would be like putting on this amazing feast and it would be like, you'd be like, oh, the whole village can see what I'm serving these people, so it better be good. And then the, the chairs, well, they're not chairs. They kind of would lie on these cushions and you'd lie with your feet out. You'd have to lean on your left elbow and then eat with your right. Can you imagine teaching kids to eat like that? <laughs> I was thinking, imagine oh, Ivy. Ivy, you've got to lean on your left elbow, eat with your right hand. But these were just the normal things of the day. So... We've set the scene a little bit. We've got our three main characters. Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, lived in the supernatural. We heard last week he was actually filled with the Holy Spirit like us. He moved in the supernatural like we can. And he did signs, wonders and miracles. But that wasn't, it, it, was, it was just being led by Holy Spirit in everything that he did. And I don't think Jesus even had that many plans. I think the cross was his one plan. And everything else, he kind of just moved through life and things happened. And he was just led by the Spirit and he just loved people. He saw what was in people's hearts. In Simon's case, he knew what he was even thinking. Then we got Simon, the religious leader. He would be the one on the right with the thing on his head. This man would have said that he loved God. He was a religious leader in the church. Yet, he's having the Son of God to his house, and he doesn't even know it. His actions didn't show his love for God. We don't know why he invited Jesus, if it was pride, if it was curiosity. We're not sure. All we know is that he didn't even show any sort of courtesy. No washing of the feet, kissing. I think it was back in, even now, if you go to a Jewish place, even on the weekend, I saw a Jewish man. He's like, "Mwah, mwah." I'm like, oh, I'm not used to that. But that, that's their culture. And then we've got this woman. I don't really like calling her this woman. I think she needs a name. Any ideas? (laughs) Every name I thought of, I'm like, oh, no, there's someone here. Or there's, you know, (laughs) you don't want to, yeah. I thought Mildred. Priscilla Uh, Mildred? Anyway, this woman, she gatecrashed the party. She would have been the ones watching and she snuck in. She was a gate crusher, a plate smasher. <laughs> At the wedding, one of the kids smashed the plate. We're like, and they weren't actually invited to be there. And it was one of yours. Because <laughs> Shell and I jumped up. We're like, was that one of our kids that smashed the plate? We're like, no, it was one of the gate crushers. And then Shell goes, no, it was one of the plate smashers. Anyway, you had to be there. We got the giggles. (laughs) So this woman, she wasn't even invited. She just came in. Everyone thought this was the prostitute. This was the immoral woman. So everyone would have freaked out. And then she did something that in that day was just absolutely disgusting. She let her hair down. And back then, that was like, no way. In my Bible study notes, it said letting her hair down in public was scandalous and could have constituted grounds for a husband to divorce her. I don't know that she had a husband. But this was a serious thing. This was like this was out there. And you imagine the, the tears and the sound of weeping as she came and she knelt at Jesus' feet, and his feet would have just been filthy, dirty. filthy dirty and her one beauty that you would cover up <laughs> she just dried i think she would have had more hair than me she dried his feet oh it's it's really out there it's really crazy but as we look into this you're going to see the heart of the woman Everyone has their own expressions of worship and how they would do it. But this, it's her heart that speaks volumes. I love my husband a lot. There's no way I'd be kissing those feet. <laughs> Especially after the little accident that happened here about 15 years ago. It was out the back. And you know those dunk the skunk? Um, Those big huge trailers like full of water... They decided they would lift it, and they lifted it, and boom, straight on Andy's foot, and it's never been the same again. (laughs) It was actually New Year's Eve we spent in hospital. So, (laughs) Jesus, he loved this woman at his feet. His eyes burned with love. And when we say love, when we're talking about Jesus, It's like, it's just, it's not like the way we say love. It's like so much more. He loved Simon. Even though Simon didn't show him any courtesy, any honor, any respect, he loved that man. He loved every single person in that room, and he loves every single one of you sitting right here, right now, no matter what you've done, no matter anything. He loves us all the same. How incredible is Jesus' love? And he doesn't love me more than you or you more than me. He just loves us all. But there's only one in this picture that showed him love. Verse 47, says, She has shown me such extravagant love. And if you're studying through the harmony of the Gospels with us, Bible scholars say that earlier that day, this woman would have heard Jesus preach. And he was preaching, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. She would have heard these words and that's exactly what she did. She just came to Jesus. And when she came, she already knew who he was. She already knew he was her saviour. And she didn't even come to get forgiveness, which people would have thought, you know, the immoral prostitute of the town. She she actually wasn't in that moment. She'd already been forgiven, and we read that. This was an overflow of her worship, of her heart. It was personal, it was costly, it was intimate it was extravagant. In the dictionary, it says that extravagant is exceeding the limits of reason. It's lacking in moderation, balance, and restraint and praise. Extremely or excessively elaborate, spending much more than necessary. Profuse, lavish. And I believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to this kind of worship, this kind of passionate worship where we abandon ourselves because of who he is. It's not just the slow songs on Sunday. Even though I love that, that's an expression of our worship. It's just my favorite when the music plays, and and it just it gives a voice to our hearts. It, 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 It lets us express what's in here to the Father, to Jesus. How thankful we are, how good He is. And we get to stand in His presence. And then when we do, it's like all the noise around us, it's just silenced. I can't even count the amount of times you know, stuff's going on, like Kay said, and you just come before him and you worship him, and the atmosphere changes. A few weeks ago, actually, I just, I came into church and I I felt this heaviness. I felt this spirit of just heaviness and discouragement and I could just feel it on me and it had been on me for days. And then you get in here with your brothers and sisters that just love Jesus and we start to worship and, and all that stuff just goes. Everything has to be out of the name of Jesus. He's so worthy. Even the word worship, it comes from the old word worth because he is so worth All our praise and all our worship. And when we come before him face to face. Face to face with righteousness, with holiness, forgiveness. And when he forgives us, he never brings it up again. It's gone. Face to face with the giver of life fills our hearts with joy and peace, and we actually can stand in the very tangible presence of God, how can we not worship Him for who He is? And as followers of Jesus, everyone in this room, we actually voluntarily lay lay our lives down on the altar. And if you don't know him, that would just seem ridiculous. That would seem crazy. When we come on a Sunday, if you don't know Jesus and you see us lifting our hands and and I have tears going everywhere, but this morning, I'm like, quick, quick, wipe him. That would just seem crazy. Like, what are they doing? It's not until you open up your heart and you let him in and you meet him face to face that any of this makes sense. As followers of Jesus, we lay our lives down and there's no backup plan. That's it. And that's what this woman did. She came to Jesus. She didn't care what anyone thought. She pushed through that that fear of man that so many of us think about. She didn't care what they would say, what they would do to her, if they would kick her out. She didn't care. She brought it all. She brought everything she was to the foot of Jesus. She brought her brokenness. She brought her tears. She brought everything that she was. She brought her heart, her thankfulness, her praise, her worship. She even brought her wealth, which we heard about this morning. That rare perfume would have cost a real lot of money. Yet she poured it on Jesus' feet. And as a prostitute, that was actually her tool of the trade. That was what she would have lured men in with. And I think it's so symbolic that she poured it out. She was like, my life of sin is over. It's all for Jesus now. She was forgiven. She was set free. She was laying it all down. Sin was no more. She was all in. She'd been forgiven all her many sins and that's why she showed such extravagant love. And then Jesus said, but those who assume that they've got little to be forgiven of will love me little. And you think of that story about the banker and the many sins. And then Simon, who probably thought he didn't have to be forgiven of as much as that woman, Mildred, (laughs) whatever her name was but I was thinking like imagine if a banker came and and said to me you know what we know you can't pay your home loan you got five kids to feed we're just gonna wipe the slate clean there you go I I would be kissing that man on the cheek of course but like that it would change your life literally and that's what Jesus was trying to explain This woman had had a life transformation. And it's easy for us to kind of think of sin as, you know, this sin's not as bad as this sin. And, you know, telling a little lie, that's not like, you know, adultery or something like that. You know, I just worry sometimes that's not as bad as this sin. And uh, I don't know, it's just sin is sin. We all fall short of his glory and his power what are you two doing go sit down we all fall short let us never take for granted the cross each one of us have been forgiven of so much And in his presence, when you get to know him and realize how holy the Lord is, even when we're really amazing, we fall short of how holy he is, how amazing he is. We all need him. I'm so thankful for the cross. And that's what this woman shows us in this story. And as we finish, I just want to add one more layer to this. As I was pondering my love for Jesus, whether I worship him extravagantly, whether I really lie my life down on the altar, and I encourage you all to do the same. Have you laid it all down? Do you love him more than life itself? As I was thinking about that, I remembered when Jesus talks to Peter and he restores Peter after he denied him. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, of course I love you. Jesus says, well, feed my lambs. And he did this three times. Peter, do you love me? He's like, Jesus, you know that I love you. And he says, well, feed my lambs. And he did it again. And then I was actually thinking of the scripture in Matthew, that at the end of our lives, when Jesus comes back in all his glory, And he separates us. It says in verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, invite you in and needing clothes or sick in prison? And then the king will reply. This is Jesus will reply to us. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Sandy, you're amazing. You do this every day. Sometimes we get priorities mixed up, don't we? But at the end of our lives, that's what matters. Did we love him with everything? And how incredible that when we show someone else love, no matter who it is, it, you can read that and think that he's just talking about the poor and the hungry and the ones in prison, which he is. But it's, it's more than that. It's deeper than that. People can be totally successful, totally rich in business and just starving for spiritual things, starving for truth and life. This is anyone in need, we get to love them. What a privilege. And when we do, we're actually loving Jesus. So my prayer today is that each one of us would just be wrecked by Jesus' love, that we would have face-to-face encounters with him, that are intimate, that are personal, that might cost us and that in these moments we'd actually become more like him. That we would be a church and a people that love Jesus with everything that we are. Show him extravagant love and then love people. This is the gospel. This is why we live. This is being a true disciple. Let's get the band back up. So, why don't you close your eyes? Which one are you, let me rephrase that, if you were to pick someone in the story, which one do you want to be like? Maybe you want to be like one of the people in this story but you're actually like one of the other ones. Maybe you like Simon, you just didn't even understand maybe you've just never even met Jesus today can be the day where you actually meet him face to face and like this woman be forgiven of every sin you've ever done in your entire life and your heart can be full of life and love and wonder if you want to ask him into your heart today I would love to chat to you and pray with you. It would just be such an honor. And as we sing, you can come up the front or grab me afterwards. Or chat to someone else, maybe a friend. Let's all stand. just pray in Jesus name every single person in this room I pray for encounters of your love your reckless extravagant love for us that we would realize that we would understand and when we do we could be the ones that lay our lives down love you back extravagantly let's worship